Well, I think that you've actually got to listen to your customers, your staff and other allied health professionals in your area to find out where the gaps are. Hi, I'm Elise Whedon from Wizard Pharmacy in Kalgoorlie, WA, the Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020 category winner in professional innovation. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. Wizard Pharmacy Kalgoorlie Central has been on a journey of transformation in recent years, as well as a major store refit. Elise and the team have keenly adopted emerging technologies and jumped at professional opportunities to ensure the pharmacy has thrived in an increasingly competitive and digitised environment. Wizard Pharmacy Kalgoorlie has been working tirelessly through the pandemic months and are even continuing their dedication to patient care through increased telehealth engagement, ensuring customers are supported throughout these difficult times. It's this commitment to innovation that has seen Wizard Pharmacy Kalgoorlie Central take out the Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020 Professional Innovation category. Today, we chat with Elise Whedon from Wizard Pharmacy Kalgoorlie Central about her pharmacy's journey toward Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020, some of the challenges facing the industry and what lies ahead for the future. The Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020 awards are proudly sponsored by Care Pharmaceuticals and the Quality Care Pharmacy Program. Here's Elise. Elise, welcome to the show and firstly, a huge congratulations on the category win for professional innovation, which we'll touch on later in the show. Obviously, community pharmacy has had an enormous part to play in the COVID-19 response here in Australia. Can you tell us a little bit about the experience and the challenge of the last few months, particularly where you are and how this has impacted your day-to-day operations in the pharmacy? So in the height of the COVID pandemic, so probably um, beginning of March, we found it really challenging in our store. Not only was there an increased demand for prescriptions, um, but also the mental health of all of our customers was suffering and they craved our time, which then meant that as well as having the, the mental load of the workload, we also had to, to take on their load as well. We were exhausted both mentally and physically. The administration and cleaning burden on top of our already heavy workflow was was quite tough to manage. Really early on, we decided to be proactive and put up sneeze guards and 1.5 metre barriers as we needed to protect our most valuable asset, um, our pharmacists. It almost seemed alarmist to our customers, having all these tapes on the floor and everything, but we don't have a large pool of pharmacists to call on to help out if we had a pharmacist that called in sick. We have a husband and wife pharmacist in our team, so we couldn't um, separate our teams into into like an A team and a B team without needing to get extra resources. And we also didn't want to have to get a locum in because we were worried that they would introduce the disease into our community. With 
such a high proportion of Indigenous patients, we were also extremely concerned for their safety. Many wanted to go out to country to avoid potential exposure, so we are packing multiple months for these patients to help with their anxiety and their safety. Where What we do did, though, in store was changed where our staff were working. So we pushed the hours from the front of the shop into our Webster team and our dispensary team, as this is where the pressure was coming from and also where the sales were coming from. We tried to isolate the Webster team, though. So we put up barriers so that they couldn't come out into the rest of the store so that it reduced our potential to, to spread it. We still take everyone's temperature um, every day as soon as they come in and we are really strict on making sure that the staff don't come in if they're sick. But probably the biggest issue that we had was the burden of having to say no to every second customer. Do you have hand sanitizer? Do you have the flu shot? Do you have thermometers? You know, the reason we started pharmacy was to help people and we felt like we were letting people down despite the fact that it was completely out of our control. The staff were anxious every time the phone rang because it rang non-stop and we were constantly being asked the same questions. So we decided to change the mindset of the staff and make a bingo game out of it, which worked quite well. So, you know, have, have we ticked off an entire row? You know, has this person called up for this? And do, do we have hand sanitizer? Do we have a flu shot? So since the pressure is now not as intense, we're, at, we're actually all trying to take turns taking a week off so that we can all reset um, and refocus for the future, whether that be a second wave or our new norm. I've done a mental health first aid training last week from the PSA, which hopefully that will help with our customers and the staff alike. Telehealth was really quickly adopted in Kalgoorlie, but the administration burden that it created was in very intense. Um, we convert all our faxes to emails, so that helped to locate the prescription quickly, but the not all GP practices understood that the WA government directive was that the GPs keep the scripts and they kept sending us the hard copies. So currently I'm working really closely with our primary health network in the goldfields to encourage the GPs to convert to e-prescribing, which looks like we're going to get a good uptake of. Wow. A huge effort there, Elise, because the pandemic has certainly shone a spotlight on how businesses are equipped to handle massive changes to what would be their normal business operations. And those changes can can happen really quickly. As a pharmacy on the front line of innovation, how important do you see this area becoming over the next five years in terms of being able to innovate and adapt in response to these types of events? Well, I think pharmacies had to innovate and adapt quite a lot over the past 10 years and it will need to continue to do that um, to remain viable. When you think back, like World War II was catastrophic, but the amount of medical and technological advancements that occurred during this time was phenomenal. So I'd say that, you know, even now, the amount of advances that we've had with e-prescribing in such a short period of time, you know, it just shows um, how much change will continue to occur. 
So the seventh CPA has just been released. So I think everyone's waiting to find out the details um, of what comes out of that so that we can all plan um, how we're going to invest our time and our money in the future. But I think that it'd be really important for for pharmacists and pharmacist owners to um, really make sure that e-prescribing is definitely their top priority because patients have already had to have so much change in the past six months that they're really going to be looking um, for some sort of direction and it's um, a time that pharmacists can really um, shine. And I think another aspect that we all need to really look at is making sure that we have a a workforce that's able to immunise because this year alone it's shown how um, important pharmacists are to getting herd immunity and I believe it's also something that um, we'll be able to do when a COVID vaccination comes available as well. We often hear the phrase that change is is constant, yet with that, as you rightly said, comes opportunity. But innovation in community pharmacy can sometimes mean moving away from traditional methods of service, those things that pharmacists are comfortable with and have been doing for a long time, and moving to adopting technology that both staff and the patients may never have experienced before. As a pharmacist, how do you start to identify these opportunities and and map out your strategic journey from the old model and, and ways of doing things to a new way of operating? Well, I think that you've actually got to listen to your customers, your staff and other allied health professionals in your area to find out where the gaps are. So in Kalgoorlie, about six years ago, before children, <laughs> when I had time, we I noticed that there were a lot of people that were coming in asking about sleep apnea. And so we started to arrange a few different products, but then we decided to, because it started to get a little bit too big for one person to manage. We actually partnered with Air Liquide so that we could grow really quickly in that area and and get the, the help we needed with training and also testing facilities and able to get stock. So, And that's actually worked really, really well for us. So it's looking at, at where there are holes in the market and then seeing if you've got the, the staff and the ability to be able to fill that hole. Speaking of changing, looking for holes or opportunities in the market, I understand the pharmacy has undertaken quite a substantial renovation and fitted out three new consultation rooms. How has this helped to expand the pharmacy's scope of service and engage with some of those new business opportunities that you identified? Yeah, when we were doing the plan for the refit, we were going through Willark to design our dispensary and I said to them, oh, I'm going to be putting three um, consult rooms in. And they said, well, why are you doing three consult rooms? No one's doing three consult rooms. And I said, well, I've already got a naturopath and we already do sleep apnea. I said, and I can't tell what the future's going to hold. So I want a third one so that I don't have to go through the expense of having to do another refit. I mean, we're really lucky because we've got about um, 800 square metres. So we've got the space to do it. So I'd much rather do it then and do it properly rather than having to, to do lots of refits. 
and that came in um, handy because um, then pharmacists prescribing, wish pharmacists prescribing, then pharmacist immunisation came about, and so we have we used that quite a lot um, last year, and this year we've already done um, about. 1,400 vaccinations as well. So it's definitely got a workout this year. Elise, we're seeing more often that community pharmacy is connecting with other areas of healthcare to diversify their service and improve patient care. You've already spoken about sleep apnea, but what are some of the other innovative health services that you've engaged with to, to widen your product offering and engagement with the community and expand your scope of service? So we have a full-time naturopath that works for us and I was quite selective on the criteria of the naturopath because I wanted to have a clinical naturopath so that it worked quite nicely with with pharmacy and the naturopath we've got is absolutely amazing and not only do we send customers to her to be able to refer appropriate products, she also does the same um, to the pharmacist. So um, she works really well um, within our network and also being able to to immunise has definitely been able to widen the, the product offerings that we do in store. Not only flu, but we're actually finding quite a large uptake in whooping cough. And it's my prediction that whooping cough vaccinations are going to go out of control in pharmacy by the end of the year, because I think there's going to be quite a lot of babies born at the end of the year. <laughs> One of the more unique ways you've engaged with your patients and one that might not usually be thought of by community pharmacies is partnering with Triple M Radio for a fortnightly discussion on community health. Can you tell us a little bit about how you thought of this idea and approached this opportunity and then ultimately the benefits that you're seeing for the pharmacy and the patient community by undertaking it? Well, it actually came about because we were being a bit cheeky and trying to find out from Triple M what they could give to us for our marketing spend. So we explored different options and one was that we could participate in a fortnightly radio spot, uh, which has worked really well because we um, have different health topics um, that we either the pharmacist or um, the naturopath speaks about. And it's just another way of not direct marketing, but being able to let the, your catchment zone know what you are doing. You know, everyone uses Instagram or Facebook, but this is just another way of being able to, to passively, you know, talk to your, to your customers and get them sticky as well. Because in country areas, people are really um, all about the person. So they want to come in and speak to the person that they heard on the radio. And this gives us the ability to be able to do that. You're quite a remote pharmacy, and I use that phrase lightly, remote. You're 600 kilometres from Perth, to be fairly precise. With this in mind, how important is it to identify and implement opportunities for the pharmacy around professional innovation and staff training and customer service to ensure that the pharmacy remains viable and competitive and is leading the way rather than just being stuck in the one spot? I actually think that... It actually is, uh, it helps because we don't have a lot of people around us. We need to make sure that we are everything to every person. So we, we work quite closely with, I think, 
Oh, so like Zoom and what are they called? Online webinars, yes. So we use webinars quite a lot and if we can possibly try and do continuing education in Kalgoorlie, then that is preferred. But we do also fly our pharmacists to Perth for immunisation training and APP if it goes ahead next year. We'll be sending our staff there as well so that they can get some connections with other people as well as continuing education. Achieving innovative outcomes internally is clearly important. However, it's becoming quite clear that the future of pharmacy, it's largely dependent on its continued positive interaction with the wider health network that they are a part of. What are some of the ways in which the pharmacy and staff get involved to support the surrounding community and not just those things that we touched on earlier? Well, a lot of our staff, you know, being from a a rural area, we all belong to different groups. So I am on the Women's Health Centre Committee, as well as being on our local PHN. And we've got a lot of staff who are in um, different sporting groups. And so, therefore, we we know what the community need. We do a lot of donations to community groups as well to help with their viability. And also then it is a, a good reflection back on to, to the pharmacy because they know that we're not just here for their medical needs, but we're also there to, to, to support the local community as well. Change can be a big deal for a business. Take strong leadership to drive an organisation through transformation well. But importantly, you do need strong, cohesive teams and and a team environment to make that journey a success. How have you brought your team along and, and how have they embraced the challenges in innovation? Being in a country town, our teams are basically like a second family. So they are part of our decision making. So, you know, if I want to implement something new, then we'll put it to the team and they'll be able to give us good feedback on whether it would be something that is is worth um, doing or not. You know, the we have a program called Customer Success, um, which we helps to give the staff a forum to be able to speak to us, all the leaders, on a, a regular basis to increase their, their knowledge and also their ability to be able to present solutions to customers. And I think that with having such strong leaders as part of the customer success forum, then that's also helping our staff become really strong, cohesive team environments. You were the winner of the Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020 category for professional innovation. And whilst these awards provide a sense of validation for exceptional efforts and results. It's clear that Wizard Pharmacy is is, Kalgoorlie is part of a great community and I get the sense you're not one to rest on your laurels. You've already got that third room. Maybe it's still sitting there waiting for that idea to be filled. So I'm curious about what are the plans going forward for the pharmacy and are there any exciting opportunities that you've got your eye on on the horizon? Something we definitely want to look at is getting 
a robot. I think that to be able to utilise our pharmacists not just as a data entry clerk but out on the, the floor more it will definitely be something that we're, we were looking at before COVID and it kind of had to be on the back burner. So it's something that we're looking at. But not only just in professional services, but we have quite a few local businesses that have closed down. So trying to fill some of the, the gaps that they were providing so that our, our community doesn't suffer from the, the fallout of the downturn in the economy due to recession and also due to, um, to COVID. So really interested to see the specifics from the 7th CPA to find out where some government funding can come from, but only time will tell where, where we decide to, to branch into next. Exciting times. Elise Whedon from Wizard Pharmacy in Kalgoorlie, WA, Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020 category winner in professional innovation. Thank you so much for finding some time in your busy day and sharing your experiences and your advice with us. No worries. Thank you very much. Again, a big thank you to the proud sponsors of the Guild Pharmacy of the Year 2020 Awards, Care Pharmaceuticals and the Quality Care Pharmacy Program. The Pharmacy Guild of Australia has announced plans for the Guild Pharmacy of the Year Awards for 2021. And for more information, visit guild.org.au and simply search Pharmacy of the Year. I've been your host, Daniel Loyston, and you've been listening to episode 50 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.